The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he had sat down, his disciples came to him. He began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We all know that it's important in life to be able to take the measure of a man or a woman. It's important because um, we want the best for our families, we want the best for our future, and, and hanging around with bullies, of course, is, is not good for our families. Dealing with people who are not honest is not good for our families, our future. People who are charlatans, well, they'll steal us blind and leave us without anything for our future. So we all know it's important to be able to do a good job of taking the measure of a man or woman with whom we are engaged in a relationship of any kind. Now, taking the measure of a man or a woman, for that matter, is not a matter of uh, taking out a tape measure and uh, getting out a scale and uh, sizing the person up that way, unless, of course, you're the coach of BYU and you're taking a good look at uh, Karnowski and the opposite team, then you might want to do that. But rather, when we take the measure of a man or a woman that we're, you know, approaching the relationship of some kind, business or otherwise, you know, we, we do it based on our values. We do it to see if this person is, is a person who speaks the truth or if he's a liar. We do it to see if he's a bully or if he's going to be sympathetic, compassionate, a listening kind of person. We do it to make sure that they're not a cheat and they're not going to be a scoundrel, that they're not going to steal us blind, that they're an honest person, that they're good with their word. That's what it means personally to take the measure of a man or woman when we begin a relationship with them. 
On a social level, taking the measure of man or woman is a little bit different story. Our society, our culture is, is, gives us a really a different set of measures to measure people's worth by, how important they are, how grand they are in, in this world's scheme of things. Perhaps the, the first measure is that, just of fame, fortune, or beauty. You know, the Kardashians, what do they produce or give to society except looking pretty? They make lots of money doing that, and they're on the front of covers of magazines and on our television screens all the time. They're big, they're important because they're just so darn beautiful. More important and more serious, of course, is the measure of money. Our society says that a person who has lots and lots and lots and lots of money, not just a few hundred thousand or maybe even a million or two, but, you know, the people that have the big bucks, the billionaires, you know, they're the ones who merit obituaries in the New York Times when they die. They're the people who everyone looks up to. They're the ones who control the economy. They're the ones who really allow us to grow or not to grow with our finances and whether we can rent a home or buy a home or all that sort of stuff. People with money, you know, they in a very real way rule the world and therefore they're grand and they're important in this big scheme of things. We need to pay attention to them. We need to honor them for their, their great net worth. Perhaps the most important and most serious measure that we use in evaluating people socially in our society and our culture is just the measure of how much power do they have in this world of ours. You know, power is really, really, really big when it comes to who's important in this world. You know, who do we pay attention to? We pay attention to the people who are able to move one army from here to there. We pay attention to the people who have nuclear codes. We have pay attention to people who, you know, who have the power even to destroy the earth. You know, they're important. And they're on the news every night. And they're in our, fill our newspapers and they're all over the internet. These are the people that society says we best pay attention to. They're the big people, the grand people. The people who run the show on this earth of ours potentates and prime ministers and presidents and potuses. These are the people that are really big, the biggest of all in this world of ours. And as it is now, it's really been always in one way or another, different cultures, different times. As it was in the time of Jesus, they had a whole hierarchy in Jesus' time of who were the big shots, who were the important people, who were the good people, who were the best people, who were the people you really had to pay attention to and kind of at the top of that list, that hierarchy, was the high priest. You know, he was the one who was closest to God. He was the only one who once a year could enter into the holy of holies in the deep, dark depths of the temple. He was the one who knew God the best. And therefore, he was the holiest and the one who was closest to God. Blessed is that, that wonderful high priest, the high priest of all. And under him were a lot of other priests. You know, they did the sacrificing and the killing of lambs and all that stuff. They were important too because they were doing God's work in the temple. And below them, a whole slew of others who were rabbis and teachers of the law, who studied the law, the scribes and the Pharisees, the rabbis in these little villages, 
who were able to share God's word with the people because they could read it and understand it and they'd gone to school in it. They were really important too. And below them, below them, gosh, you know, the good people, the people who followed the commandments, the people who didn't eat meat on Friday. Oh no, that's our rule. <laughs> The people who, who honored their father and mother and kept the Sabbath holy. Those good people, the people who didn't cause trouble, the people who weren't criminals, the people who didn't sin, at least big sins. People, these were the blessed of God. These were the holy ones. These were the good people. How wonderful it was to be counted among that group. And so Jesus comes along and he begins his ministry and as Matthew tells the story you know he goes out and and gets himself baptized by John and then he goes out into the desert for his 30-day retreat and then then he begins his ministry up in Galilee in these small little villages and he's healing people and he begins to get a reputation and people begin to hitch their carts to him he begins to find disciples who follow him and finally finally Matthew decides to take a couple chapters of the gospel to tell us what Jesus was teaching when he was out there in Galilee. And what you would expect Jesus to teach, so he begins. He says, blessed, blessed are, and everybody says, oh, we know what he's going to say. We know what the next line is. Blessed are those high priests and the priests in the temple because they're so darn close to God. And blessed are the lower priests, and blessed are the Pharisees, and the Sadducees, and the scribes, and the rabbis, and blessed are the good people who don't sin, and who never do anything really wrong. Blessed are they. They're the ones God loves the most. That's the measure that everyone listening to Jesus would have been using to evaluate who's important, and who's big, and who should be paid attention to. Maybe most importantly, who God really loves the most, who's most blessed by God. Start with the high priest in Jerusalem and you work your way down. But instead, instead Jesus does something completely different. He turns those rulers, those measures upside down. And instead of saying, blessed is the high priest and all the priests and all the good people, Jesus begins by saying, blessed are the poor. Matthew adds, poor in spirit. It's all the same, really. And everybody's going, what? What do you mean, blessed are the poor? That doesn't make any sense. The poor are poor because they're wastrels. The poor are poor because they're idiots. The poor are poor because they're not blessed by God. Because God hasn't given them blessings. That's why they're poor. Especially poor in spirit. And Jesus doubles down and he says, Blessed are the mourning, the people who've lost their husbands. Those poor widows who no longer have a shot at any kind of life, who losing their husband also lose their entire household, their economy, their ability to make money, who are plunged into terrible poverty for the rest of their lives. Blessed are they. What? And he doubles down yet again, triples down. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the poor people. Blessed are the simple people who don't have an education, who've never been able to study the Bible, who've never been a high priest and even been to the temple in Jerusalem. Blessed are the people who cut and harvest our wheat and catch our fish and just live day to day off the earth. 
The people we don't see, the people we don't think about, the people that have no great contribution to society, blessed are the meek. And everybody is listening to Jesus and they're going, this can't be right. This is not the way we measure people and their importance and their value and their blessedness before God. This is wrong, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus says, no. If you want to know how God measures people, how God takes the measure of a person, it's not by his status in the temple. It's not by how many lambs and doves he sacrifices in the courtyard of the temple. It's not by how much schooling he's had in the Bible. It's not by how good they behave in public. It's not how often they go to the synagogue and fold their hands piously. God takes the measure of people by their poverty, their poverty of spirit, by their meekness, by their humility, by their brokenness. That's how you measure a person's value before God because God is a father. And like any father or mother, God loves the ones who are hurting the most. That's the ones he loves the most. Like any father or mother, God embraces his poorest, his sickest, his most broken children. They're the ones most lovable and in many ways they're the ones most loving the simplest we've got nothing else in life we don't have money we don't have power we don't have status all we've got is God and it's that simplicity of heart and that extraordinary graciousness and that dependence and confidence in God that makes the poor and the meek and the humble in the morning blessed before God. This is Jesus' Magna Carta. This is Jesus telling the people of his time, I've got a whole new way of looking at God, a whole new way of seeing how God relates to us, a whole new way of living in God's light and God's blessedness. And he puts... The walk in the talk. This isn't just words that he rambles off. They're beautiful words. Oh, how wonderful. This upheaval, this turning upside down of the value system of his society is ex exactly what he then lives in his own life. It is Jesus who embraces the leper. It is Jesus who offers forgiveness to the woman caught in adultery. It is Jesus who spends his nights around a campfire with the poor, with the meek, the humble fishermen and tax collectors. It is Jesus who gives his life up for these very same poor and who has that life taken by the rich and the powerful and the beautiful of Jerusalem. Jesus' new measure encapsulated in the Beatitudes 
is also the Magna Carta of the kingdom of God that we're a part of. It's the Magna Carta of the church. It's the Magna Carta of our lives as Christians, as followers of Jesus, because we too have hitched our carts to Jesus. You know, we said, we follow you, Jesus. We love you. We want life in you. We want to be with you. And therefore, his value system, his measure of man or woman, his way of understanding how God loves us has to be our way. And it has a dramatic impact on how we live our lives, how we see one another, how we share our gifts, what we do in this world to make the world not just the same old miserable place it's always been to make it into the kingdom of God. We too are called to take the measure of men and women, not based on the measures of this world. Fame and beauty doesn't matter. Money doesn't matter. Power doesn't matter. What matters is poverty of heart and spirit, humility, dependence on God, need for God, love, graciousness, hospitality, compassion, sympathy, forgiveness, pardon. It's a great challenge. This new way that Jesus offers to his disciples, including us. It calls us to live our lives with one another. With those gifts of compassion that Jesus modeled. It calls us to concern and compassion and sympathy for the small and the humble, the poor of our world. Never looking down on them, but getting down to live with them. It calls us to be peacemakers, to hunger and thirst for justice and righteousness in our world, to stand up to fear mongers, to say no to bullying, to be people who welcome those who have no place to go. This is what it means to be a follower of Jesus in our time using the measure that Jesus gives us for how God sees us and how God loves us. It's really pretty simple. Jesus says it so well. It's just as surprising and maybe just as hard as it ever was. It's there right in front of us today when Jesus opens his mouth and begins to teach. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the humble. Blessed are they who mourn. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness and justice and peace.